been associate scout with the Seattle Mariners to being the first African-American baseball coach at the University of Arkansas at Monticello and in the Gulf South Conference, and then moving on here to the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. It teaches our guys to go out when they leave here to not make excuses and take what you're given and do the best that you can, and most of the time it's going to turn out okay. You know, a lot of people want to make practice plans so hard and so complicated to, to a point to where the kids don't understand what's going on, and when they don't understand what's going on, then they can't play the game fast. They can't play the game loose. As coaches, we set the culture and the players drive the culture. Fellas, 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 welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we are here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. On this episode, we sit down with Carlos James, head coach of my former school, University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. You know, this is a great episode. I'm, I'm so excited to reconnect with uh, Coach James here and look forward to you guys hearing from him. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad. Here's Coach James. Welcome back to the Farm System. We're here with Carlos James, head coach at University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. Coach, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to sit down and chat with us here at the Farm System. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, Coach, you know, the, the big reason we wanted to have you on is obviously you have tremendous, uh, just a whole bunch of information. And uh, I, obviously I played over at Pine Bluff and, you know, loved mm-hmm. being over there and being part of that program and the culture that you had set forth. Um, you have a lot of, when it comes to the mental side of the game, I love your impact that you've had on the game in that sense. And we just wanted to bring you on and kind of get your perspective. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, hopefully I can shed some light um, or at least add to some things that, you know, a lot of people already probably know, but sometimes hearing it from a different perspective may help. So. I'm glad to be on here and glad to help. Absolutely. And, and me and Joey are excited for this, uh, this interview. And Coach, as we get started here, do you mind opening up and telling our listeners about your journey through the game of baseball? Uh, it's, it's, been a, a, it's been long, I guess, just like any other uh, head coach. Um, I can tell you I never wanted to be a, a baseball coach. Um, I, I think this why well, I don't think. Uh, I know this is something God led me to. Uh, because at the time that I was led back into baseball, I really hated the game because, you know, usually after you finish playing, you either try to get back into it or you hate it for whatever reason. So I kind of stepped away from it, and and it was actually me going out. um, I was working for the railroad, actually working for Union Pacific, and um, went out one day to help some kids, uh, help them get the field together, and – Ended up with a little league team, and then my career kind of took off from there, man. I went from coaching little league to coaching prospect teams to scouting, being associate scout with the Seattle Mariners to being the first African American baseball coach at the University of Arkansas at Monticello and in the Gulf South Conference, and then moving on here to University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, where 
you know, we've done some uh, phenomenal things with, you know, with the little resources that we have. So, you know, my journey been uh, been one, I think, that's been led by God. But also, it, we, it reawakened the passion that I have for the game when I play. And with most players, you don't think that anything can give you that same uh, uh, energy level or drive other than playing, but coaching certainly does it for me. Well, you know, Coach James, you know, a big, a big thing I, I really wanted to dive into is the SWAC is, you know, I always explain it to people as a different kind of baseball. When I got down there, uh, there's just, you know, a different level of athleticism. And, I, you know, that conference is specific, you know, definitely a lot of HBCUs. And could right. you break down what it's like uh, competing in that conference? It's hard. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's very hard. Um, I actually have a better time playing the bigger schools. Uh for, for us and our program here, it's a lot easier for us to prepare for the SEC and the Big 12 schools other than our own conference because it's just so unpredictable. Um, any scout report that you may have, you can pretty much throw it out the window. Um, and a lot of it is, is, yes, you do have raw athletes, but a lot of it is the fact that you do have such phenomenal athletes that the the impossible or the anything that can happen can't would happen it usually does in our conference um you know it goes without saying you know the the amount of the speed of the game is so much faster and then like i said just the unpredictability of in certain situations you can have guys that will lay down a bunt with two strikes and two outs and beat it out whereas in normal baseball you got two strikes two outs you'll back up and you'll, you know, play defense where these guys are so fast and, and so good at bunting, they can put that ball down in a heartbeat. And then with your outfield, you know, playing in the outfield, you know, most balls that your team hits, you know, like in, in our case, they're outs, you know. So, like, everybody now is teaching launch angle, launch angle, launch angle. But as far as our conference concerned, I beg to differ. I mean, because – it usually, you know, you say you got three people covering over an acre and a half of, of uh, real estate in the outfield, but actually in our conference it's to your disadvantage to hit fly balls because the guys can run them down. I mean, you got guys that that are 6'2 or better, 6'3 speed guys. So um, you kind of have to play the game a little bit different, um, a little bit more old school, um, and be fundamentally sound to uh, – kind of stay ahead of the curve in our conference because like I say it's just it's just so unorthodox in a good way though yeah I kind of wanted to build off that you know every program has their kind of guys that they recruit and kind of that they go after to fit their style of play can you kind of dive into the players that you guys target there at, at UAPB well actually we're we're the 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 odd group uh, you know we the odd, odd team out we're more of a traditional baseball uh team I think but that's what makes us unique in our own conference. You know, that's what I thought that gave us a lot of success when I arrived kind of fast is we do play the game more of a conventional way. And and it helps us, you know, in the long run to be more consistent. Um, we may not have the most flash. We may not even have the most draft guys because of, you know, a lot of the guys that we play with, their, their ability is just out the roof. You know, their ceiling is so high. Um, but here at UAPB, you know, we, we do it pretty much, uh, by the book. Uh, and then we just try to get our guys to overachieve because I'm going to tell you now, we don't have the foot speed that a lot of these other teams have in our conference at all. 
Uh, what we usually get uh, them at is we, we're able to pitch better. You know, we're able to play more sound fundamental ball when, when you need it late in games and late in seasons. Um, but our conference is fastly catching up, you know, and I, I credit, you know, us getting into the league and then uh, Coach Melendez at Alabama State, when he, he arrived in the league, it kind of has turned a little bit. So uh, overall, it's, it's, it's got better, but it's a, it's a hybrid league, though. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing I wanted you to break into as well is, you know, in, in recent years, uh, specifically when when I was there as well, is the NCAA came in with some restrictions that you've been limited with scholarships and a couple of different areas as well. Um, how have you navigated through that uh, constraint and how has it formed you more as a coach? Well, uh, you know, during the, the period of the NCAA deal, you know, that's just it's just one of those things that will most HBCUs they didn't have the the wherewithal and um, the the money to have the athletic department set up the way they should, you know, academically. Um, now with the NCAA getting involved, um, it's gotten better. Um, I know here at UAPB we got a $900,000 grant for ac- academic success uh, that allowed us to hire more staff in academics. It allowed us to uh, uh, build a uh, learning facility for you know the student athletes with you know computers and things like that uh, so it's it's been really good going you know with the time we did spend on the probation it, it allowed us to as a school open our eyes up and get the things we need so that our kids can be successful uh in the classroom um since then you know we we've gotten past it um still just being most hbcus and mine in particular um, to speak to the scholarship point, we're just not able in in a sport like baseball to be fully funded. You know, you know, as we, everybody knows, it's eleven point seven, but you know, we carry like four point nine, uh, just because in the pecking order of our school, uh, football had to be fully funded first, and then basketball, and then now you know we're in line to to hopefully get there sometime soon. But it had deterred us from being uh, very competitive. And winning, you know, conference championships and and things like that. So uh, it it teaches us the value of hard work. Uh, it teaches us how to make the best of what we have. It teaches our guys to go out when they leave here to not make excuses and take what you're given and do the best that you can. And most of the time, it's going to turn out okay. So um, I, I think all that stuff helped us out, and it has helped me out as a coach to know, you know, how to navigate uh, through certain things. And when we're able to get, you know, fully fun, I think it's going to make our program that much better. Or, you know, how mo- most coaches, we just like everybody else. If, if some school decide to hire me now, I can go in there with a better idea on how to do things. When you have more, I can probably stretch that further than the average guy because I've dealt with not having a lot and we've been successful with it. So, um mm-hmm. It's a good thing. Yeah, that's a powerful message, and it's pretty impressive that you've been able to compete and win year in and year out, definitely preparing you for whatever challenges you have coming in the future. I kind of want to transition here, Coach. We like to get a feel for practice planning here at the farm system. Okay. Uh, Can you take us through what a typical day of practice looks for you guys there at UAPB? Uh, Usually uh, you're going to start out with Uh, pre-practice. Pre-practice is usually a period that lasts about um, anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. And that's working on things like, that that gives you a chance to get your drill series out of the way. Cause every day 
you know, no matter how monotonous it may be, I think everybody should drill. Um, you know, pitchers have drills, infielders have drills, outfielders have drills, catchers have drills. And then, you know, on some days um, that you don't do drills in your in your early pre-practice, you may work on things that you, you may be deficient in. You know, we may do base running some days. Uh, we may do some hidden drills some days. Uh, it just depends on, um, at, you know, as the season going, you kind of can know what you're going to do with that in your pre-practice segment. And then we move into, you know, just our regular practice uh, part where it starts back out all over again with stretching. And our guys will warm up, and then we'll take in and out, and then we'll get into whatever practice that we have for that day. You know, if it's a defensive practice, we'll do defensive work that day. If it's offensive, we'll do offensive. Typically, here lately what we do is uh, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, uh, are more of your defensive days, and Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays, you do more offensive work, um, and um, and then we just got to do it that way, you know, because of the time constraints that the NCAA put on you only having 20 hours a week when you're out there with your guys, so you got to kind of break it down into segments, um, and usually on the defensive days, that gives us an opportunity to put in all our bunt plays and and all our defensive strategies and things like that. And on our offensive days, we do the, the things with our offense. So it's, it's it's pretty simple. And one thing I've learned over the years is, you know, a lot of people want to make practice plans so hard and so complicated, you know, uh, to, to a point to where you lose. The kids don't understand what's going on. And when they don't understand what's going on, then they can't play the game fast. They can't play the game loose. They can't play the game and have fun doing it because it's just so many things been put up on them. So I try to make sure we simplify as much as possible because I'd rather not overdo it and have them know what they know because then they can go out and perform than to bombard them with a whole bunch of information and a whole bunch of different practice plans and, and everybody need to be doing this or that. And, and now guys are confused, you know, so, and, and to help with that too, we have a, a defensive manual we came out with uh, a couple years ago uh, since Joey's left. But we got a defensive manual that we give them, and it, it has everything we have run defensively uh, in there. So that helps them out uh, with learning some things. And, um, you know, so that, that helps us out as well. So I just, I just like to say keep it simple and just stick to, you know, three or four basic things and you'll be okay. Awesome. Well, you know, one thing you used to say when I was playing at UAPV all the time is you would say, don't hear the bark, hear the message. Uh, <laughs> could you open up that? I love that saying. I've used it multiple times coaching now, so know that you had an impression on me with it. But, yeah, can you open that up for us? Well, it, it's just like with any coach. Uh, you know, a lot of times kids get upset, and I don't know why. I don't know why kids get upset when somebody yell at them or somebody's uh, more vocal with them because that's just the sign of the times nowadays. But what you try to do is just when, when you say don't listen to the bark of the message, you got to kind of black out the white noise, you know, all the you, how I said it and the tone I said it in and hear exactly what I'm saying. And one thing about that, Joey, usually if it gets to a point that where I'm hollering, that means we've talked about this on several occasions and you're just not getting it. <laughs> and it becomes... <laughs> It becomes frustrating for everybody. And then the other part, the reason why I use it too is, I, and this is going to sound bad, but 
with the venues that we play in, you know, going into those SEC venues and, and, the, and the Big 12 venues and then our own conference, you know, how it is playing in, in the SWAC is a whole different animal with the fans. I, I try to put as much pressure on you guys as possible so that you can learn how to play through the noise, you know, play through that fan that, that gets in your head at, at Ole Miss or Mississippi State or that fan at Grambling or Texas Southern that's, that's steady riding you or it gets loud and loud as it gets at Mississippi State, you know, or you're at TCU playing. It, it allows you, if you can go through my bark and still perform, then no no crowd or nobody's going to be able to take you out of your game when when you're out there on the field. So I use it in two ways. I tell guys that all the time. Like, I remember one thing you used to be talking to the team and you're telling us the same thing too. Like, you know, if you can't handle this in practice with nobody here, with nobody, you know, with no, really no pressure, um, you right. know, how are you going to handle those things? And I think that that was, you know, a great thing that you did throughout practice. And, you know, obviously when you're playing, you're like, you're like, man, like, but then later on you're like, okay, I see, obviously, especially when you get on the coaching side, you know, right. what you're trying to do, what you're trying to prepare us for, especially when you get in season and you actually get to those venues and you know what it is like. So, for sure. Yeah, I definitely understand that way, and I, I love it. Yeah, sometimes you just try to, as a coach, you try to see how much your kids can take and, and will they get back up. And what you try to establish at that point is toughness. You know, you try to push them to a point. You know, you, you don't want to go overboard, but you want to push them to a point and you want to always make them dig a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. Because as a coach, and now you guys know, you know what they're about to go through when they get out there on that field and the teams that they're going to face. And if you can kind of simulate that some type of way, then you're, you know your guy's going to be okay when it, when it gets tight. Yeah, I love that perspective, and that's a great insight. Um, sometimes as a player, you don't always realize that's what you're preparing them for in the moment. But looking yeah. back, I think that's a great way to prepare and get those guys ready for those big venues like you mentioned. Oh yeah, man. It, 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 it gets so bad. I mean, that's why I had a meeting with my guys today, actually. And when I talked to them, even about their social media, you know, some things you put on there, you're going to hear it again at some of those big places, you know, <laughs> those oh, yeah. fans, yep. they, they look up everything, man. And, and some guys to believe it or not, they can't take it, you know, and, and it bothers them. So you just try to, all you try to do is prepare them. And then once they understand that it's not about the bark, it's about the message. And, and and if I'm barking at you, and it's, it's just the old adage as a coach, as long as I'm barking at you, that means I, I'm, I see something in you that you don't see in yourself, and I'm trying to get you to a point. Uh, the part you have to worry about is, is, like I said, the old adage is when I'm quiet, if I'm not saying anything to you, then you you in trouble. You know, I, I probably reached my limit, you know. So uh, it's a good thing to be barked at, Joey. <laughs> yeah <laughs> coach i wanted to touch on something here that i know is important to you um you know that's that's you take pride in the student part of student athlete yeah you now you've had over 85 players earning swag all academic during your time there um can you kind of dive into the importance of academics and collegiate athletics uh, especially at that d1 level oh it is it is huge uh but the but the one the one thing that I share with my kids is the reason why I'm so hard on them about academics is because of myself. Um, not telling them something that I heard. I'm telling them something that I know 
that I experienced. I experienced the fact that I put everything into baseball, and I thought baseball was the be-all, end-all. And I went to Arkansas, and I became ineligible, you know. So I don't want that for my players. I end up leaving school early, chasing pro ball, playing independent ball, and then all of a sudden you marry, you got a kid, and you don't have a degree. And you have to go back while you got a job and try to work and get your education, and it's very, very hard. And it's even more difficult now for them because now kids don't get a they don't get a do over nowadays because the world moving too fast. So with my personal experience, I vowed to not let any of them that is willing to listen go through what I went through, and and so that's why I put so much emphasis on the academics. Because I know if you get out of it now, it's going to be really difficult for you to come back and get your degree. And if you get it now, you open up so many more doors for yourself. And you can be so much, so, so much further along in your life if you just go ahead and take care of your academics. And then it gives you, and it don't really matter. And, you know, this is the thing, and I know schools get mad at you, mad at me, I know, for saying this, but it's not even what your degree in. It's just you showing whoever, you know, you just, whatever career you decide to go in, you're just showing them over a four-year or five-year period, some of us six or seven, <laughs> that <laughs> take a task and you can complete it. You know, you can be accountable to something. You 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 have uh, the ability to complete a task. So, and then, because whatever job you get, they're going to teach you the job anyway, you know, but all they want to know is, can you commit to something? Can you complete something? So, I, I try to do that with them, and usually the guys that do well in school, um, they do well on the field. It's a direct correlation. The times that we've been very good on the field, that the, the years that we've overachieved and, and beat the TCUs and the Mississippi States and the Missouris, uh, we've been very good in the classroom. And when you're very good in the classroom and you're doing everything you can, you're supposed to do in the classroom, then on the field, the things that we're teaching you on the field, you're able to more concentrate on them and you don't make mistakes because I'm going to class, I'm doing my homework, I'm taking my notes. Well, it's the same way when I in turn get on the field. I don't I don't miss a spot. I I get that two out hit. I I move that runner over, you know, from from second to third base. I hit the cutoff man. I turn that double play because it's all about accountability. You know, so uh that's why I preach academics so hard. I can pretty much tell usually after the fall how good we're going to be uh, by looking at the grade. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, uh, kind of wanted to tie this into, I know you have a lot of Pine Bluff uh, pride and, you know, being raised yeah. in Pine Bluff, how did, how did that environment, you know, form who you are as a coach? Well, Pine Bluff, just like anywhere else, you know, everybody always talk about how their area was, was tough and is blue collar and, it made you work. Well, Pine Bluff was the same way uh, when we grew up. But one thing we knew was uh, athletics was our way out uh, of Pine Bluff because it was tough growing up here. I, I'm not going to – I'm going to be honest with you. It was tough. So, And then there was no baseball other than the University of Arkansas that you that was visible for us. There was really no other baseball, you know. Uh, so and, and they didn't even have baseball here at UAPB uh, when I was in school. And – you know, and we saw it as a way out. So we use sports to get our get our way, get us out of Pine Bluff. You know, get that scholarship. I can go to another school. It'll open up doors for me somewhere. So 
I, I attribute, you know, just my growing up and, and how everybody made us earn everything around here, um, especially in the sport of baseball. You know, it's, it's a sport when, when I was coming through, American Legion had the most opportunity for you to be seen. And at the time here in Pine Bluffs, there wasn't very many black players playing on the American Legion team. And um, I'll never forget John and Jeff Gross, uh, which is from here, were, were scouts in, and they coached the uh, American Legion team and, and along with Robert Browning. And they allowed, you know, against conventional uh, say in the town, they allowed about five or six of us black kids to play on the American Legion team. And they allowed me to play on both American Legion teams at 16, you know, play up with the bigger boys. And it gave me an opportunity to see the country. It gave me an opportunity to get a scholarship. It gave me an opportunity to get drafted out of high school. Uh, it opened my eyes to other people, other races, other cultures. So I thank those guys for giving me that opportunity uh, back then. Uh, and then it, it, it came back, you know, twofold for me because when I got to University of Arkansas Monticello and Alvie Early, you know, decided he wanted to hire African-American coach, you know, the coach at Division Two, was something that in that conference and at that school had never been done. But because of Pine Bluff and the guys that took the chance on me, I was able to step into that role and hopefully, you know, uh, have a good showing for as a black coach at a, at a predominantly white school, you know? So, um, that's just my, that's what I carry right now. And I'm hoping now, if you look at college baseball at the bigger levels, there's only, I think one, uh, African-American coach and that's at Northwestern that's at a power five school. So, you know, that's one of my hopes and dreams that, that my upbringing and my rearing and things I've learned here, um, some school gives me an opportunity to to uh, take that knowledge in and 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 use it there. So, yeah, man, that's so cool to hear your story and kind of interesting how things work. You know, you go from looking for a way out of there to now you're giving kids an opportunity to play right. ball and and you know get their education at the highest level of college baseball. Yeah, it's cool, man, because it's like even you know with with our program, uh, I open it up for everybody. You know, I try to make sure that our staff is diverse. I make try to make sure our team is diverse. You know, enjoy it, tell you yourself. I mean, we got kids from all over the country, you know, from I know 15, 16 states and probably two or three different countries. The coaching staff is diverse. Um, so, you know, we're into giving, you know, people an opportunity because somebody gave me one. And and I like to be, you know, like Gandhi said, I think those Gandhi, you know, you want to be the change that you want to see, you know, and – uh you know, so I just try to get the best players I can. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. Sometimes being at an HBCU, you take some backlash for that. You know, people say, well, why are you getting all these people that are not black playing baseball at a black school? Well, it's I wasn't raised that way. So what I do is go out and get the best baseball player I can be. And, and to me, I try to raise the best men I can. So um, it's been a blessing being in this spot. And I'm going to try to, you know, do my best to keep it going. Yeah, man, that's so awesome. I kind of want to go back and touch on something you mentioned earlier. You you took some time away from the game of baseball um, yeah. after being and after initially being an assistant coach there. What was that experience like for you? I thought I was living the dream. Actually, I was working at the railroad. <laughs> I thought I was going to be an engineer and 
retired about 25 years. Uh, but like I say, I end up one morning. Well, two things happened. Uh, I was on the engine one night, and the guy told me, he said, you're going to look up, and it's going to be 25 years. You'll be ready to retire. And I was like, nope, I don't want to do that. Because <laughs> I, I felt like I had more to offer, but I just didn't know where and what, you know. And so, like I said, I went out to help the local Little League kind of, you know, get the field together, and I end up with this team of snot-nosed nine, nine-year-olds and and from there the juices start flowing again and i end up getting back into it and, and coaching a, a a travel ball team well it's travel ball now but it's a scout team it's called the arkansas prospects and we had kids that went to Ole miss and mississippi state and arkansas and guys got drafted you know so that was cool and then i hooked up with alvin rittman which is now uh, a major league scout for the Pittsburgh Pirates, him and Dave Clark, which is third base coach for Detroit Tigers. I think that's what Dave is now. But he played for Pittsburgh Pirates. They offered me a job in Memphis to run their facility and and do some scouting. And um, by that time, I was about to get a scouting job of my own and ended up at Ivy Early called me at the University of Arkansas Monticello because their coach had quit in the middle of the season. And they were 0-66. So... Wow. <laughs> With 14 players, and uh, I went in there and finished the season out. My first three weekend series was against the number one, two, three teams in in Division Two baseball. So, with 14 players, it was very difficult. Good luck. <laughs> but uh, I made it through, and and I'm here to tell the story. So it, it's been a good journey, and I'm glad God led me here because, I mean, I, I get a joy out of just being around the guy, the kids, and coaching them and see them grow and just like with with joy what he's doing and you got other guys doing other things that you know that's your payoff as a coach you know to know that you're putting out and you happen to have some type of impact on the lives of others yeah absolutely definitely had an impact on me and um you know i, I wanted to dive into because i know this is a, a big relationship for you you know you grew up playing side by side with uh tory hunter and he's been a you know big impact on the program over there what yeah. uh, what was that like growing up with him, and you know what set him apart from everybody else? <laughs> Actually, he, uh, it, it was great. Um, he's younger than I am. Um, I can tell you, I taught him everything he knows. Uh, <laughs> he he show, I showed him how to rob the ball over the wall and <laughs> hit home runs for on the foot. I showed him all that stuff, and he just took it to another level. But what set him apart from from all of us, I thought, was his discipline. Um, Tory has tremendous discipline. Um, he he will he's willing to. It's discipline and sacrifice. Uh, he's willing to do. He he's willing to sacrifice whatever he needs to do to get to where he had to get to. And we did the same things. You know, don't get me wrong. We all got drafted. We all worked out. But the difference was when we went out somewhere, he had sense enough, for instance, to leave and go home and get ready for the workout that we had at five in the morning. Whereas me and my other buddies would stay out to five and just go to the weight room, you know? <laughs> uh, and then as he got on up into pro ball and you dealt with him and you went around him, you knew if you went to visit him, um, he was not going to go out and stay out with you all night. He's going to go out for a while. We'll take separate cars. He's going to leave at a certain time. And then when you go back, you don't go back in the house at the top. You may go back, you know, if he had a little place in the back back there when he lived in Anaheim that you had to go around the back 
we called it casita. Uh, so you had to go there you, so you wouldn't disturb because he always got his rest. Um, uh, so, you know, those are the things that I saw in Tory that make, that separate him from everybody else was just the discipline and the sacrifices that he made to get to where uh, that he, the places that he got to. And I think, you know, he's put together, he put together a hall of fame career and um, because of the successes that he had on the field, He's been able to help us tremendously, you know, financially here. Um, we're in the process now of of uh, finally getting the press box built with the locker rooms and coaches' offices and concessions, and we're getting field turf put in and things like that. So uh, it, it's all a testament to his hard work and sacrifice, and, and um, all that is just him being him. And, and it had nothing to do with our friendship because we try to make sure we keep that part separate. You know, from this, this is business for him. This is something he wanted to do and give back whether I was here or not. Um, I think it helps that I am here. But in the same sense, we try to keep that separate because most of the time we talk about things. It's important godly things in each other. He impart things into me financially that I need to learn and know. And in turn, I'm able to impart those things into our players. And then he comes out uh, like he'll be here this week uh, as we open up to you know meet with our players and then he'll come back again uh in in November October and work out with us again and he spends a week with our hitters and which is great uh and Demetri Young comes out as well and does the same thing so I'm kind of excited about you know those guys coming back out again uh we also have a couple of more guys uh that's on our team we got Roberto Kelly's son on the team and and um uh, Bockler that pitched in the big league. That's the pitching coach for the San Diego Padre. His son's on the team. So we got some big league connections, and uh, it's going to be great having him here. Sounds like it's a good time to be there at Pine Bluff. Oh, yeah, definitely so. <laughs> a lot of learning. <laughs> That's awesome, man. You know, I love hearing that. Success leaves clues. Um, awesome to hear your personal relationship with him. Coach, as we wrap up here, we appreciate you opening up this stuff for us. If anybody wants to reach out to you about anything we've covered today, What's the best way for them to contact you? Um, uh, my Twitter uh, page is good. Uh, it's at UAPBCJames. Uh, it's pretty easy. Uh, just drop me a, a message, and I'll get back with you. I, I don't wanna really want to put my phone number out over the, the airways <laughs> like that, but if you, you, you go to my Twitter page and uh, or email me at, at uh, James, J-A-M-E-S-C, at UAPB.edu, uh, that's another good way to reach me as well. Awesome. Well, coach, you know, again, we love uh, that you're, you know, giving back, continuing to give back to the game and jumping on with us again. And it was a you know, pleasure jumping back on with you, obviously, at the impact that you had on me personally. So thank you again. Hey, man, thank you, man. Thank you for coming to be a part of our program and way from Nevada. I mean, that's awesome <laughs> you know, having kids from that far out, man. So I appreciate you. That's what I was telling the guys today. It's not what you do while you're here is what you leave, you know, and as coaches, we set the culture and the players drive the culture. So I'm looking forward to those guys this year, you know, kind of continuing or to continue on what you guys started. So thank you. And so awesome to finally get to connect back with Coach James again. This call takeaway is brought to you by Quality at Bats. Don't forget to visit qualityatbats.com to further your mental approach to the game. Yeah, man, Carlos is a stud. Glad I finally got to, to listen to him talk after all you said about him, Joey. What was your biggest call takeaway? 
Uh, the biggest thing I, you know, as always, obviously you're playing for him and now also just listening to him now. And just when it comes to his character and the things that he wants, he just has so much pride in Pine Bluff and he has so much pride in uh, where he wants to get his players. And I think that's a big thing and a humbling thing as a coach is just, you know, he remembers the big picture and, and sometimes, you know, he, he pushes guys and, you know, he's definitely, he definitely has that hard side to him. But again, he just, he sees the bigger picture of what he's trying to accomplish and what guys are going to have to go through in their lives. And he's trying to set them up to be, you know, to, to achieve those things. How about you, Bo? Yeah, I like that. Um, one thing I like that he really talked about, and this is something that we always used to talk about at Sterling and that's success off the field that translate onto the field. You know, I think that a lot of players should take a step back and, realize if they're not as consistent in the classroom, not as consistent as showing to weights, not as consistent as showing up to team meetings, you're probably not going to be that consistent on the field either. So I really liked how we touched on that and maybe light a fire under some of our listeners to, to really you know, reevaluate themselves, um, ch- check what their um, responsibilities are and, and show up every single day ready to perform both on and off the field. Yeah. Awesome guys. And if you guys could do me a favor, you know, that's one thing. Um, I do have some swack love, you know, the, the swack doesn't get a whole bunch of love and they got some crazy athletes over there, the multi-sport guys and some other things going on. If you guys could share this episode, show coach James, um, some love and get some of him, some no, uh, notoriety that he deserves. That'd be awesome. You know, definitely give us, reach out to us on social media, you know, reach out. You guys have any comments, any questions, anybody else you think we should interview in the future. That's a great way to do that. Also, you know, visit our website, the system.farm, whole bunch of resources on there for you guys and a whole bunch of things here coming forward and continue to follow and interact with our stuff that we're releasing, our videos that we're releasing with things from lace up and also a whole bunch of things we're going with drills and things that might help your players as well. But until next time, farm system out.